We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, uh right here in the studio of KFO in St. Louis, Missouri. And sitting right next to me, I could reach out and touch him, except he would wince. <laughs> oh, don't turn the back. Don't touch <laughs> <No>. the back. <laughs> okay. We have Pastor Matt Youngblood, Broken Back Clark. <laughs> From uh, beautiful South St. Louis, Ascension Lutheran Church. Yeah, but I'm healing up, John. So just a couple more weeks with the back brace, God willing, and uh, yeah, it's getting it should be healed up, just and... like an arm or a leg or some other broken bone. The vertebrae heal up too. So, but it's incredible. it's it's you know, and, and it is, it really is. I, I tell you what, because here you've got. They said it was crushed. Right, it was the crushed. One, one vertebrae, the... yeah, T seven was crushed. That's the word he kept using. And yet, somehow, by by just keeping that brace so it doesn't move and it's uh, it's uh, held firm, and that'll just heal up. And and the miracle of God's uh, creation is being witnessed right now in your body. I know it's, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is pretty incredible. It's just a shame you can't do something about your looks. But then oh! again, oh. <laughs> so glad you're back in the studio, yeah. John. Actually, good yeah, we seeing you, you again. when you were 600 miles away up in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, but seriously, this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. And seriously, we're really glad that God has preserved your life and that we thank you. continue thank to you, do thank this. You. Yes, yeah. very, very thankful. Because that's what we were talking about. We were talking about a guy who knew his life wasn't going to be preserved. The Apostle Paul yes. facing death and and his uh, final words and final comment. Yeah, um, we, we've been yeah we've been going through Second uh, Timothy and uh, for a good number of weeks now, and we're finally getting to the conclusion. I think today, John, yep, yep. Uh, these final greetings, as my Bible says in its heading, uh, and these are very very personal greetings. Last week we heard about uh, those last words really to Timothy and final instructions and that longing to see Timothy once again and an invitation for him to come and visit him in prison and bring the cloak while you're at it because I'm cold in here <laughs> and uh, bring the books and the parchments too. Uh, so very, very personal uh, final words from Paul. Well, just to kind of review a little bit of last yeah, week's, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Paul Again, ends with these words of forgiveness for those who have, have wronged him, who have sinned against yeah, him. Uh, let me read that um, verse. Yeah, so I, I can think find that's pretty neat. So he, he's listed to the people because I, I thought it was interesting because he's, he's talking about the fact that he's alone. And some of that is intentional because he sent other people off to do ministry, right? Yeah. Uh, but some of it is because people have abandoned him. Yeah. Uh, and he talked about this Alexander the coppersmith who did him actually great harm. He didn't just abandon him. It was worse than that yep, he did him yep. harm. And yet we've got this this final statement. Uh, may it not be charged against them. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that neat? And again, just thinking about Jesus, you know, uh, you know Father, forgive them. And Stephen, the, the first among the martyrs, um, to, to say, do not hold this sin against them. And uh, Paul, I mean that too, may it not be charged against them. So, and, and, and yet, just the verse before he said, may the Lord repay him according to his deeds. So I, I'm just saying, see, that's what I love about this. This is, this is a flesh and blood 
Paul like you and me, and yet we do have those thoughts like, I just wish that, all right, all right, don't hold them against him. That's not what I really want. I don't want yeah. God to punish them. Although, yes, I would. I would have God discipline them if that will move them to repentance, yep. if that will call them uh, to to uh, ask for God's forgiveness. Of course, that's that's what we want. But I did, like, and, and, and along that same line, I've always loved the fact that, yeah, bring me the cloak, bring me my books. Uh, um, why would the Holy Spirit bother to inspire that kind of stuff? But it yeah. is to remind us, no, this is not some made-up story. This is this is real life, and these are true people, and they're facing life just like you and I face it. And, and on the one hand, he has this confidence as he sees death coming, and yet you also get that sense that it's not easy. It's not easy for Paul to be saying goodbye to all these people, and it's not supposed to be easy, people. When you understand that death is supposed to be a hard thing, and yet it's a thing balanced by all these wonderful statements of faith that Paul has in here. Yeah. The crown and all that stuff you shared last week. Yeah, yeah it's so important to just recognize that death stinks. Death is not a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think that Mark that. Put that down. That's death, death stinks. stinks. And it, it's supposed Matthew to Matthew Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because I think sometimes and it's supposed to stink. <laughs> oh, this is my. I got to write this down, Matt, because I'm collecting stop. a book, a book that I'm going to publish of the wise sayings of Matt. Yeah, it's a very short book. It's uh, <laughs> death stinks is going to make it. Yeah, that'll be in there. Well, I think sometimes and it's supposed to stink. <laughs> yes, John. yes. So glad you're back in the studio. <laughs> I am too. Uh, but I, I think sometimes we we try to sugarcoat it. We we have uh, we, we we go to the funerals and the, the visitations, and we talk about how good the person looks in the oh casket my, and yeah, all that. Yeah, we do, and we do. Yeah. And we're trying to bring words of comfort. And I'm not saying that's bad, but at the same time, I think it's okay to recognize. No, wait, this isn't what God originally intended. Uh, this is a result of sin, and and not that one person's sin or, no. or anything, but just living in a fallen world, and that's that's it stinks. You know, we should recognize that uh, this isn't what God intended, uh, but also that yes. promise of resurrection and yes. that crown of life on the last day. I, I think it's as, as we keep going on and as we anticipate talking about uh, Christian persecution just a little bit later today, this morning. Um, I, I think it's interesting uh, that. Paul says uh, there in verse uh, 17, uh, so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Yeah. Uh, he says, proclaiming yeah. the gospel, he's rescued from the lion's mouth. Well, I, what is Paul talking about there? Is that literal, figurative? Well, it could be referring to Daniel, to, to what Daniel faced thrown in the lion's den. Yeah. you know, But the, I sense there's more to it. Sure. I mean, it, it would be nothing new. Hundreds of years earlier, Daniel was yeah. thrown to the lions. Uh, Christians were thrown to the lions. I think it's interesting. I wonder if if Paul would have been thrown to the lions, though, because Paul was also a, a Roman yeah, citizen. Yeah, Roman citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Paul, I mean, likely Paul would have been preserved from that, and yet God has spared him. And, and I, I think, you know, this idea that he's been spared from martyrdom thus far yeah, he hasn't been yeah. thrown to the lions but yet he was that roman citizen and probably wouldn't have happened to paul but it was most certainly happened to other christians who are paul's contemporaries yeah um yeah let's go ahead and read the rest yeah what we'll say, finish John? it up so here's the, the final yeah. the final greetings as he says in, in the heading in our bibles greet uh, prisca and aquila and the household of onisiphorus Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, so do Prudence and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you.
And that's it. Yeah. I'm in. That's the end. Um, some familiar names. Okay. Prisca and Aquila. I didn't realize that the Peanuts were there. Linus. Linus, Linus was there, yeah, strangely Linus enough. There. I know. I, I know. Sally and Charlie Brown. He doesn't mention them, no. but perhaps not. <laughs> no. Sorry. That was just a bad joke. Excuse me. Uh, My apologies. <laughs> so there's the apologies, the Luther Confessions, and then there's a lot of Lekomsky apologies, too. But they're totally different. See, and that's the, po- that's the book I'm going to be publishing. <laughs> yes. The many things that I needed to apologize for. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, Priscilla and Aquila, uh, they're kind of yeah. they're, they're nicknames almost here, Prisca, yeah. but I think we can safely yeah. assume that's them. Yeah. And some other names that come up in Acts and other places, but there's other names that this is the only time they show up. But yeah, Paul knows them, Timothy knows them. And I, I think, you know, imagine if we wrote a letter like this and it, we included some names of well, people from New Athens, yeah. people from, yeah. from St. Louis. I mean, we would know their names it, the, the person writing to it, though, their names, it's just so very, very personal. Yeah. 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 yeah, I remember Linus, he used to sit behind me in the pew behind me at church. <laughs> that's you know? right. So they know these people, and that's, that's pretty neat. Um, the, one comment about the very last verse, of the Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you. All right. And uh, one of the things I think is neat, this is such a personal letter between Paul and Timothy, um, kind of pastor to pastor in some ways. Yeah. But yet, um, those that very last line, "Grace be with you." Yeah, it's not singular. So oh, it's, it not, it's not you, Timothy. It's you, you all. all. So certainly, oh, Timothy okay. included. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but I mean, when I think when I read that, it, it gives me, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's meaningful to me because in that you is included. <laughs> The people in Ephesus that Timothy's serving, right? Yeah. They probably read this letter too, or Timothy may have read it to them. But it also includes us. Yeah, it also includes that's us. That's a nice thing. And I think that's really neat that, yeah. that the church, 2,000 years later, uh, we're included in that line, grace be with you, yeah. you all. Uh, and I think this is beautiful. So it's a letter from Paul to Timothy, so very personal, but it's also, listeners, a letter from from Paul to you, and and never forget that. So yeah, read read Second Timothy. Uh, take those words to heart and know that it's it's God's word, not just Paul's word, but God's word for you too. And and you know, Matt, now you make me think. I think that's why we have all of this list of names at the end, uh, because Paul Paul understands that this is a letter that will be read throughout all the churches at this stage. As you said, this is his last letter that he's writing, and this is already happening. And, and I never thought about that before. Yeah, it is a letter to Timothy, no doubt about yeah. that. And we yep. had these beautiful personal things, but Paul's already conscious that he's writing scripture. But he's writing, he knows that's understood yeah. of Scripture. And and I like that. That's a great thing, that when he's writing these things about the crown of life that is for us and all who love is appearing, and this business about the uh, uh, the Lord will rescue me and bring me safely into this heavenly kingdom, he he's thinking that Matt and I and, and the people that listen to Wrestling with the Basics, they're going to hear these words, and, and he wants them to know, like you said, that's, that's for you too. Yeah. Not just for me and not just for the good guy, Timothy, but it's what really God wants for everybody. Yeah, that's beautiful. These are universal truths, and that's what would happen. So they write a letter to Timothy or write a letter to Galatia, and then they say, this is pretty good. You know what? Those people over in, in uh, Corinth, they're yeah. kind of struggling with this too, or, or boy, they could really be encouraged by this. And so they would pass the letter around, or they would make copies of it, or they would send someone to, uh, to go and read the letter to someone. So it was intended to be circulated and even circulated, like you said, beyond geography, but in time as well, circulated still today. 
And it just speaks to the fact that yeah, this is Paul writing, but it's it's more than that. More than yep. that. It's it's the Holy Spirit behind this. So, any other comments you want to make about Second Timothy? No, I think that about covers that. It's just uh, I, I think there's a great book, very personal book. It's one that I enjoy, and it's one that really we see the heart of Paul and the heart of a man, a Christian man, uh, what he wants to get across in those those final times of life. So, as we were reading this, and of course, Paul is in prison, and he's anticipating that he'll be executed uh, uh, for his Christianity. And, and uh, you know, Lynn and I, in our retirement, we've been doing these lectures and things about history. And, and I thought it kind of dovetailed well with some things that we learned about Christian persecution, because that's what Good. Paul is experiencing here. So, I'd like to uh, share that with our listeners at this point. And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. And, and we did. Oh, great, John. Thanks. <laughs> well, so glad you're back. Well, you know, <laughs> we've, been, we've been baby. Me and you for weeks, and now I think it's about time. All right, all right. Uh, um, so I'm going to share with you the story, uh, and, and you think through it. Can we take the story and apply it to what's going on today, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I have some thoughts, but I don't know if I've... Because uh, that's what we do. We don't want to just talk about history. We want to talk about what implications it might have for the people that are listening to us and their their lives and their faith right now. But but the interesting thing is, is when you read through the, the histories, we have some people that just talk about the horrible persecutions of Christians. And, of course, we have an example of that, that, that Paul is, is, is being sure. imprisoned here. Um, although, I don't know, do we know if Paul is being imprisoned for his Christianity or just because he's kind of a rabble-rouser? Didn't he end up being in Rome in the first place because there was some riot or something, and and they were going to, and so, no, I want to... Well, yeah, so initially he ends up going to to Rome because he appeals to Caesar, right? Yeah, So he appeals to Caesar, and then he he gets taken to Rome, and so he has a first imprisonment, kind of a house arrest, Yeah, and then it seems as he's in prison again, which is probably... Second Timothy, that's where he's writing from. He talks about his chains and, and uh, you know, a, a worse imprisonment. But 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 the point I'm trying to, to make is it wasn't like the Romans came and seized him because he was a Christian, uh, although Christianity is an illegal religion. I, I think we need oh, to know yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not a legal religion. It was not recognized by the state. But actually he got into this because... Uh, there were pagans that were upset because people weren't buying their idols and stuff like that anymore, and they were going after this. And and he was coming in and taking people that were were speaking in demons and stuff, and was healing them. Uh, and and so that it was kind of he wasn't being arrested as a Christian, but because he had caused a public scene. Mm-hmm. And and he's the one that says, "No, I want to be tried before yeah. Caesar." Am I getting that correct? Well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and initially too, it's it's the Jews that are out to take his life, not oh. the Romans. Oh, that's so right, remember, too. Yeah, so they're yeah. upset with him because the, they are upset with him because he's talking about Jesus yeah. and the Jews are after him. So uh, he's got it from a couple different sides. And yeah, at least initially, yeah, he goes wrong because he appeals to Caesar. It's... So so the point I'm making is, is, is it's not that Christians overall were persecuted within the Rome, uh, within the empire of Rome. In fact, the first three centuries, uh, uh, there was not a broad spread persecution of Christianity, though, again, it was an illegal religion. Uh, and actually, if you think about it, there was a good reason why Christianity was illegal, uh, because Rome was a polytheistic nation, and they worshipped many gods, and they sacrificed to many gods. Uh, and uh, it was interesting, because because this historian that we were listening to, uh, he, he pointed out that you didn't actually have to believe in the Roman gods. You weren't required to believe in them. But you were required to do what? What do you think? 
make sacrifices and yeah, yeah. So pay you tribute. Believe, and it didn't matter whether you believe, but you at least needed to make the sacrifice because we want the gods on our side, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're not making sacrifices to them, well, then who knows? Maybe this is why we've got problems and troubles because you're not making your sacrifices to the gods. This is why uh, during the, the Roman Empire in the first three centuries, the Jews really weren't bothered a whole lot. And, and most of history, the Jews are persecuted. If you're looking for people to be persecuted, yep, again and again. Ge- generally the Jews, but at this point in time, they aren't because while they might not have been sacrificing to the Romans' gods, what were they doing? They were sacrificed. Well, sacrificing to Yahweh. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, temple. you know, we better not. And they're an old historical religion. We know they've been around, and, and Romans appreciate history. They appreciate tradition. So, as long as they're sacrificing to their God, well, it doesn't hurt to have Yahweh on our side, too. But the problem with Christians is they weren't sacrificing at all. See, that's just not right. Okay. Um, so, I thought that was that there's actually a reason why persecuted Christians are persecuted. Although, again, Again, for the first three centuries, usually not not in general. There would be specific instances. Let's suppose you, you lived in Ephesus and you had an earthquake. Well, why did you have an earthquake, Matt? You know what the problem is, don't you? You didn't sacrifice to the Roman gods. Yeah, those Christians, they're not making their sacrifices. It's pretty apparent, isn't it? All right, and so you'd have these localized persecutions, uh, but you really don't have any general person. Well, maybe Nero. But again, it's because you've got the fire in Rome and he's looking for... You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I. You know, the book, the the flames of Rome. I remember yeah, reading that. Yeah. It, it gets pretty explicit about what these Christians went through, and it does depend upon the the emperor too. So the emperor, I mean, again, has a lot of power, and he's even worshipped, right? Yeah. Um, and Nero, you already brought up, he was one of the worst, and the the, the, the well, horrendous what he did to the Christians. But but even under Nero, it wasn't like there was a broad spread across the empire persecution, but, but it was Rome there in Rome because again we had the fire, and we got to blame somebody. You know, you have to have a scapegoat. Uh, And again, when they would be persecuted, it would be terrible and horrible and burned and and fed to the lions and whatever. But I think you need to understand that as a general rule, that's probably not what happened to you uh, as a Christian. In fact, (laughs) this uh, lecture we were listening, here became the problem. And this is how sinful we Christians are. So Paul died for the faith, right? And so then Christians begin to think, well, that's what you need to do. What did Paul say he's going to get, Matt? A crown of righteousness. So that's what we need to do. We need to be martyred so we can be sure that we've got that crown of righteousness. And isn't that just the way we Christians are? We, even to this day, we got to make some kind of sacrifice. See, that's a total pagan concept. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, we got to make our sacrifices, too. Have you ever encountered that in your ministry? People that are just, they're not doing good for the right reason. They're doing it because they think it's something they have to do for God. Or... Oh, I think people think that all the time. You know, it's, yeah, it just makes sense. It's logical, right? But yet that's not the case. No, no, that that's pure paganism. And yet that became the pattern in Christianity. So, so anyway, he, he tells these stories about how the Christians would go and they'd want to be martyred, you know, martyrous. Oh, and the Romans would say, well, I... 
We'll throw you in jail for 30 days. How about that? We'll put you in prison. And then after 30 days, we'll talk about it some more. And so you literally have examples of where the Romans are saying, please, we don't want to kill you because we don't know. Maybe you have the true God. We don't want to mess him up either, you know. Uh, uh, so I'm not saying it was out of love or anything. Again, just pure paganism. You don't want to upset the gods. Uh, but, but uh, yeah. So then, though, like you pointed out, uh, about uh, the mid, uh, about 350, I think, or 250, about 250, yeah, then we start having widespread uh, Diocletian is oh, the yeah. guy, yeah. and and then it is. And again, it's because the Romans are having problems. Now, not just local areas, but the entire empire. you got the barbarians coming in. Probably some of your ancestors and my ancestors <laughs> are coming into to Roman territory. And so then you do get this widespread persecution by Diocletian. But then, Matt, comes the strangest thing in the world. Because after Diocletian, you have Constantine. Yeah. And you know about Constantine. What happens with Constantine? Sure. Well, the, the story goes... <laughs> well, the, 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 he has this vision. Yeah. Where there's this vision, and it's in the sky, and it's it's before this battle, this yep, battle, yep, that, yep. Uh, this famous battle that takes place, and um, then he hears this voice that's conquered by this sign. And the sign is really this, this Cairo, the first two letters of yeah. Christ. And so uh, the story goes that they even paint that sign, the sign of the cross, basically, the sign of Christ, on their shields, and they go into battle, and guess what? They do they win. win. They win. They win. So maybe there was a sign from the Lord. We, we don't know. Uh, but they win, and regardless, he becomes a Christian himself uh, and uh, allows for the freedom of worship of of uh, of the Lord, uh, persecutions led up from it actually the becomes the official religion of Rome, and, and he actually sponsors Christian churches. The Council on Nicaea he calls for. That's why we have the the creeds that we have today. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah, I interrupted. And then you. his uh, his mother uh, Helena is it? Yes, uh, yeah, his yeah. His mother Helena even establishes different churches in the Holy Land, uh, oh, trying yeah. to establish where Christ died and where he rose, and and uh, whether or not she got the accurate locations you know i don't know she probably got pretty close but anyway she established these chapels and churches even so it's incredible by the time uh, constantine dies a good percentage of the empire is christian yep. now that yep. fast yeah um and isn't that ironic that you have the the probably the worst emperor that we've ever had and then the very next one is yeah. this one who actually makes christianity uh the the religion of the empire um and and so we have everything we've been talking about. That, that at the very point you think things are despairing, they couldn't get any yeah, worse because yeah. that's what it was under Diocletian. It was now a broad spread persecution. He was doing everything to wipe out Christianity. Yeah. And then boom, like God, God turns it around. Now it's not wiped out. It actually is the official religion yeah. uh, of the thing. Yeah. Um, and then you wonder, and maybe this is where you're going, but today, you know, as things, yeah. you know, we see different things taking place, but we wonder in the, as the last day approaches, are things going to get worse and worse until, boy, it's turned around and then God wins the final victory at his return and, and it, for all to see. And, and I think we will. And, and I don't know whether the end of the world will come. But I think I think there are better things that are coming, uh, and, and and the editorial comment I would make is that as wonderful as that was, actually after what Constantine did, things got worse within the church. Mm. It was no longer yeah. persecuted, but it it became it became more and more pagan in itself, and more and more focused on their works and what they were doing. And in fact, 
and then you end up with the Reformation. And then again, God starts all over again, and he restores the church to back what it should be, which is just faith in Jesus Christ. So yeah. and anyway, Even the gates of hell do not prevail against the church. You so, know. so we see it in history, and, and you're right, and that's what Jesus promised us, and that's the promise that Paul knew. And we are now coming to the end of this episode of... Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. Uh, all right. Thank you, Matt. We have no idea what we're doing next time, do we? <laughs> we have no idea. No. <laughs> no. So uh, lest anyone think that we are prepared and organized, <laughs> let's put that thought out think of your again. mind. <laughs> but we do know that the Lord will provide, won't he, Matt? That's exactly he right. He always does. God's blessings to all of you. <laughs>